the beloved ministry is inspired by chapter 7 verse 10 of the Song of Songs. I am my beloved's and his desire is for me. In this season 3 of the Beloved podcast we're going to explore what it means to live in the gaze of God through reflecting on scripture and the stories of the women that we'll speak to. Well, happy Christmas and welcome to uh, this season three, episode three of our beloved podcast. Um, welcome and I would love to uh, welcome here Fiona Whitehead and Jenny Lochner who join us again on the podcast today. Hello ladies. Thank you Alice. Lovely hello, hello. to be with you both. Happy Christmas. Happy Christmas. <laughs> happy Christmas everybody. <laughs> beloved ladies, beloved men. Whenever you're listening to this, um, even if you pick up on it, beyond the Christmas season it's always Christmas really isn't it like Christmas is such an important um feast for all of us and we're going to reflect this Christmas time and this Christmas day this Christmas octave on um the gaze of God living in the gaze of God as is our theme for this season and thinking today particularly about encountering the gaze of God in this baby who has arrived and who we're celebrating. So we're going to begin by listening to such a familiar story to us, uh, which we've probably all heard <laughs> again and again, um, but we're reading it today from the Passion Translation because it's just a slightly different translation. Um, and Jenny will just let us know where you're reading from and, and read that word for us. Thanks, Alice. Yes, yeah, so this is Luke chapter 2, verses 13 to 20. Then all at once in the night sky, a vast number of glorious angels appeared, the very armies of heaven. And they all praised God, singing, Glory to God in the highest realms of heaven, for there is peace and a good hope given to the sons of men. When the choir of angels disappeared and returned to heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go, let's hurry and find this word who is born in Bethlehem and see for ourselves what the Lord has revealed to us. So they hurried off and found their way to Mary and Joseph. And there was the baby lying in a feeding trough. Upon seeing this miraculous sign, the shepherds recounted what had just happened. Everyone who heard the shepherd's story was astonished by what they were told. But Mary treasured all these things in her heart and often pondered what they meant. The shepherds returned to their flock, ecstatic over what had happened. They praised God and glorified him for all they had heard and seen for themselves, just like the angel had said. So I'm going to spend a bit of time um, in this episode unpacking this scene in which we find ourselves at Christmas and um, yeah maybe just first of all what what's your first reaction to what we've what we've heard? I I really like so we're obviously thinking about the shepherds here and um, and them being visited by the angel um, and in my my translation verse 15 that really struck me the most it says um, let us go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. So 
I guess my question is really, you know, what is this thing that has happened? Because we know what Christmas is, but, but really what is Christmas? What has actually happened? Um, and what has happened is the central, uh, the central aspect of our faith, really, that God has come to be with us. Yeah. You know, which sounds very simple, you know, and to Christians, it, it's kind of just obvious, but it's actually kind of, kind of outrageous at the same time, you know, that God didn't stay in heaven, um, but he humbled himself and he, he loved us so much that he wanted to come and, and just be with us and let us see him, let us look upon him as a baby um, and all that that means that humanity you know the humanity of God the humbleness of God to simply come and not just tell us that he loves us but but show it in his like he really reveals being. himself in in the in the, in, the, in, the, in like human form Absolutely. you know so he becomes something tangible for us to see um yeah what struck me was the seeing so the shepherds see, you know, thinking about our theme as the gaze of God, the shepherds say, let's go and see this thing we've been told about and then seeing it, you know, and then it says later, they've, see they've seen it. <laughs> so exactly what you're saying, I think, Fiona, like it's what is happening, what is happening is God is becoming human and we've reflected already in, in this podcast about this idea that God sees us, but now what's happening in this scene is... You know, God God obviously has eyes because he's El Roy. We've talked about that. God is he who sees, but now we're seeing a God we're seeing God with eyes. Like <laughs> that's what struck me, you know, we're, uh -huh. we're 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 being called to look upon him. So it's not just that God sees us, but we can see him and we can right. see his gaze. Right. So it's something about like being invited to encounter the gaze. Like the angels are saying, Go and see this thing, you know, mm. go and see um the word it struck me in, in that translation that um, Jenny was reading, you know, that this word, let's go and find this word. And then they see a baby in a trough, <laughs> you know, like that is the word made flesh, isn't it? That John says, yes. like yeah. the word has become flesh. And I think it's so easy for us just to sort of say those things and not think yeah. about the reality of what's happening, which is God's become real. <laughs> uh -huh. God's, I mean, God is real, isn't he? But it's like God has become tangible to us in in yeah. such a real way um and i think that's what we want to kind of really enter into in this episode is like really reflecting what it means that you know god's god's gaze demands a response almost you know yeah. um yeah. well as the shepherds did right they they had to say they said to each other let's go and see this you know what the lord has made known to us today so god has revealed something to us and but not some, not just something like him, his whole self, like given his whole self. So of course, then they hurry. You know, they they go. Yeah, they go to look. They go to look. Now I'm aware, Fiona, out of the three of us here, you're the only one who's had this experience of having a baby. <laughs> <laughs> like, yes. you know, let's just make it real. Like we're saying, God comes and here he is as a baby. Like, yeah, something of your experience of that, I suppose. And what does it bring to you as you reflect on this idea of God becoming a baby? So, Sure. Um, so I've been married for five years. <coughs> excuse me. And and quite early on, in uh, after being married, I fell pregnant with our son uh, Benedict. And to be honest, I I had that experience of um, what has just happened. <laughs> like I was, it was a shock, and I didn't expect to be shocked. 
you know, I thought pregnancy would just feel wonderful and joyous. Um, but I was an older, you know, I'm a bit older when I got married. Um, it happened quite quickly, so I was just getting used to being married. And then I just found myself pregnant. And to be honest, my first thing was, I don't think this is real. Like, I don't think this is actually happening to me. Mm. Um, you know, so you do the tests. But honestly, it wasn't until the scan. You know, I lay there like as stiff as anything. I remember I was scared. I just lay there and I did not move. You know, and she put this thing on my tummy and moved it around. And I heard and I saw. <laughs> and I was kind of in shock, you know. Um, and then there's the pregnancy. And that's whatever. You know, that's another podcast for another day. <laughs> uh, it was difficult. Um, and it was partly difficult because I think I was in shock still <laughs> for the whole nine months you know um but I eased into it I grew into it which I think is a gift and then there's this moment the moment comes you know the moment comes where you're gonna see this baby and you have no idea I mean it sounds ridiculous but I was just surprised that he was healthy you know I thought gosh I was preparing myself you know he could be not healthy or he could be we didn't even know he was a he you know so so this incredible element of surprise and just, I, I just knew, you know, from that moment, like um, everything about life is different. Everything about my mm. life changed, you know, um, not just from the moment he was born, obviously from before then, but, but when he was born, I was just like, oh my gosh, like he is real. It sounds ridiculous. I mean, he was, you know, within my womb, I was carrying this child, but but it's different when they're actually there and you hold them. And I don't know, I, they, they just aren't words, you know, they, they just aren't words. But I think what it did, I think what just happened really was that um, it just drew something out of me. I think babies have this ability to draw the best of us out of us, you know. And there was a part of me, I suppose, that, you know, kind of came forth with motherhood mm -hmm. and that part of me I think was I mean the, you know was the feeling that I'd never had before that I would give my life for this child you know in a heartbeat and I didn't feel like that about my husband <laughs> and I still don't particularly you know he can look after himself right he's big enough he can look after himself but when there's this helpless vulnerable child I think it that calls for a response mm -hmm. in in any person, in any woman, e even if, you know, that woman doesn't have children. I mean, Alice, you're Ben's godmother, you know. So you have, in a sense, that um, that call as well to respond to this child before you who's been given to you, you know. Um, so, yeah, so I think, so thinking to Jesus as a baby, I think, I definitely think that one of the things that he came to do was was make us more human you know teach us what it means to be i don't know to be a a real person and that that's love isn't it you know we're most ourselves when we most love um so yeah so it's just been a it's just been a beautiful journey really and i remember very early on in the early days of him being being born just gazing you know like i know this has been spoken about um but I just couldn't believe it, you know, I just could not believe that he was here. Um, and yeah, I just wanted to look at him and just pour myself 
out, you know, mm. just offer. And so again, the word, you know, the word gift comes to mind because I knew this baby was a gift and I wanted to give myself as gift, you know, to him. So, so yeah, after the initial shock <laughs> of having a baby, it's just now, yeah, then you're changed, you know, you're forever changed, I suppose. And life that begins. <laughs> life begins. And it's hard. Yeah, and it strikes me you're saying it calls out the best of us, but I'm sure it also calls out the worst in us. It's like relationship, isn't it? That you're confronted with the other. And it strikes me as you're speaking even now, you know, if I reflect it back to Jesus being born, it calls us into relationship with God, doesn't it? In a, in a very real kind of tangible way. Like we have to respond yeah. to the fact that God has become man for us. Like God here he is like this helpless as you're talking about the vulnerability of yeah. you know yeah what do- he could have come in any way right he could have come in any form but I think to come as a baby is so oh, I don't know it's so kind of intimate really you know he needed it's shocking as well isn't it yeah. like like you're saying it was a shock to find you're pregnant and then it and it evokes a response uh-huh. yeah what does it evoke for you Jenny the response you know what's your response to here he is, God as a baby, or God as a man. I think it it, it reminds me of of that. Um, we we were speaking earlier about the idea of sometimes we we have a sense that we need God with skin on. You know that actually that the the tangibleness of God is so yeah. important, as well as the sense that God is beyond what we can what we can know. And I was really struck as we, as I was reading that 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 gospel that the the way that um, the encounter with Jesus affected the shepherds and affected Mary and they had different responses you know the the shepherds were amazed and they were ecstatic and they were kind of we've got to we've got to do something about this mm-hmm. Mary treasured these things and pondered them pondered them in her heart and it's the same you know with when we encounter a, a baby um it does something to us quite viscerally um changes us um and it also reminds me of that sense of the the, certainly, when I when I encounter a, a baby, the the sense of peace, the sense of of yeah. just the just kind of grounds you, grounds you, stills you, um, brings you back to what is now and in this moment. You know, I think as adults, we're so often, you know, in the future or in the past or in what needs to be done, but some there's something mm-hmm. about just being in the moment with that that small children can can kind of bring us back to the now, and you know, God is in the now. God is the I am, and um, yeah, so it, it, it does all, all of that for me, really, that sense of the, the peace, that, um, yeah, being being with with Jesus, being with the infant Jesus brings. Yeah. Yeah, that's, I love what you're saying about the, the kind of now moment, because that's what evokes response, isn't it? That it's being in the present moment somehow. God calls something out of us, you know, like... Um, yeah I was thinking about the as you're saying there about the shepherds and the response you know it says that you know their response is to is to praise God to glorify God Um, there's like a there's I guess there must be wonder there's awe at what's happened I mean for a start they're looking um yeah, they're, they're looking <laughs> at the sky and the sky's filled with angels and they start glorifying God. I want to um, just mention uh, an image that we're going to reflect on that you can find in the show notes um, if you want to have a look at it while you're listening. And the image that um, 
that we chose for this episode it's called adoration and it's just this image of of a, a lone figure silhouetted looking at the at the stars looking at the night sky um and i think what struck me um listening to the passage if you read a little bit earlier in in Luke 2 you know it says the and we know it from the carol as well don't we the shepherds watched their flocks by night that the shepherds were people who watched you know that was their livelihood was to right. watch like they're people of gaze because they've got to keep an eye on all the sheep and then later thinking about the magi visiting um links to me to this image they're they're people who looked at the stars and they're looking they're, they're stargazers aren't they like they're looking for signs yeah. and what's interesting as i was reflecting on this is like god chooses people whose yeah their focus was gaze in some ways i mean their focus Mm. is what they're watching they're looking you know the shepherds in a much more very tangible kind of physical way the magi may be looking in a in a kind of more you know like highbrow (laughs) you know what are the what the stars going to tell us about like the future and the world (laughs) and whatever but god reveals to these two groups of people who are so completely different you know um and and tells them where to find this treasure like where where to find this hidden Mm. thing you know i think thinking about this um you know what's just happened as well as fiona was saying is jesus has just been born in a stable the only people who know about it are mary and joseph you know um and as anna was talking about in the last episode you know mary and joseph are people who who live in the gaze of God, they're, they're so present and here they are. And here are these, yeah, there's just, there's no way people would know about it unless God revealed it, right. you know? Yeah, yeah. He reveals it through the That's angels so in the, <laughs> just like showing up on the hillside to these <laughs> shepherds and he reveals it somehow to the magi through the stars i mean that's like blows my mind i'm not somebody who knows anything about the universe to that level but to the point that those magi can go and find the very spot you know following that star um yeah i mean so it's 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 amazing really but i was just Mm. thinking about that thing of gaze that there's something that's um god's using that's already real in them Mm. you know like that's that's something that's uh yeah but there's, there's something, isn't there, as well about they're called away from their ordinary everyday. You know, the shepherds are called away from gazing at the sheep and the magi are called away from kind of gazing at the stars in general. And they're called to gaze at the one, you know, mm. that that somehow that the gaze on the one is going to transform all the rest of what they do for for the rest of of their existence um and so god takes their nature takes their their um their professional lives takes their kind of developed experience and and then says no shift shift your gaze onto this one onto this child and that that changes them um profoundly Mm. it's almost like um I think you were saying early, earlier, Jenny, you know, some people talk about, oh, I'm not very religious, but I'm spiritual. You know, there is this sense, isn't there, this innate sense of wonder, mm. just at creation, at the world. Mm. You know, how did we get here? Why are we here? <laughs> Why does a tree grow? And, you know... We ask the big questions. Simple things, you know, and things that capture us, like beauty and, I don't know, those moments in life. It can be suffering as well, right? It's not always the beauty, is it? It can be the suffering, but those things that are just so human really that they they're so big 
and yet somehow all of that kind of bigness of God is also manifest in this tiny helpless baby you know and mm. and I, I love the thing about our faith that it's never one or the other you know it's never oh God is great and beyond us and holy and other but he's not with us you know or it's not oh God is so small that I can define and hold on to him you know it's kind of both mm. God is so beyond us up in the stars if you like and then and then so with us you know so with us that he knows our names and that he suffered as we suffer and that he had joy as we have joy so it's just this incredible mystery of God isn't it that there's nowhere that God is not you know in the heavens and on the earth mm. and I think this this is what the scriptures are and this is what the scriptures teach us that God is you know, it's beyond us and yet we can touch him and hold him and, you know, he knows us mm. and oh, what a wonderful God, you know, what a, what a just beautiful, beautiful, wonderful God we have. Mm. There's a real thing of humility, isn't there, of, of Jesus becoming flesh, that God who created the universe, God who created the stars that we can then you know, spend right. our lives gazing upon, <laughs> kind of gave up that to, to become yeah. like us. It's a scandal, really, isn't it? You know, yeah. and to many other faiths, I think it's the reason for me. Why am I a Christian? Because Jesus, because Jesus, you know, Jesus, mm. I couldn't have a, a God who doesn't enter into my reality, you know, mm. because love wants to draw close, even if my house is a mess, right? The friends who love me will just come in and be with me in that place. Mm. Um, yeah, it's that drawing into intimacy, isn't it? And and if they really love me, they'll tidy up. <laughs> <laughs> Do the dishes, you know, and help me. Well, you but. were saying something about that earlier um, when we were preparing, Fiona, of, you know, I suppose the same thing that you were saying about the baby calls forth a response, that this gift of Jesus calls forth a response to that gift. You know, like you're saying, yeah. if they love me, they're going to tidy up. Uh, I don't know if you remember what you were saying about that in terms of the love languages and how we might seek to respond to the gift by being gift you know yeah yeah I mean when I in thinking about this whole podcast really the key word for me I think you know was gift that if only we could know the gift of God you know it's Jesus isn't it to the Samaritan woman if only we knew the gift of God um and the love languages is a book well it's obviously more than a book but there's a book I think the author is Gary Chapman mm -hmm. uh and this this guy is basically saying that we experience love in different ways. And he talks about, I think, at least four or five. So things like, some people need to hear words of, oh, I love you, you're beautiful, you're good. Um, some people need words of affirmation. Some people, it's time. That's definitely my big one. If I give you time, you know I love you, you know. And if people are giving me time, uh, that's a language for me that communicates love. Uh, for some people, it's touch. For some people, it's service. There's different ways that people respond. So I might experience love in one way, but in loving another person, I need to think of them mm. and how they experience love. Mm. So if I want to do something for Alice's birthday, it might be that her love language is different. Mm. Um, and it might not be, uh, it might be the thoughtfulness of a small gift for Alice or something personal. So, um, so I, I, I got to think about love languages and I just basically came to this kind of thought that isn't that what God did for us, you know, in the incarnation? Because 
he 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 wanted to kind of draw near to us so for me I know in my own life sometimes you know Nick at home I don't need him to always say oh, I love you I love you I love you and be you know I don't know sending me love letters on my pillow but when he puts the washing in the tumble dryer you know that that I feel like oh thank god he's thought about me he's helping me uh, get some of my work done today and I experience love because he's coming into kind of my reality you know stuff that's normally mine to do he's entering into that um so I thought about this question of god you know how can I reach these you know how can I be with how can I draw near how can I show you that I want to be with you um and I think when we see that everything is gift you know that god it's all god's initiative you know mm. um then i see you as gift i see my own life as gift and i see everybody around me as gift instead of something to be used or um i don't know i just think it's a a beautiful way and i, I do think christmas is a time of you know obviously we, we we give gifts at christmas right and we receive gifts at christmas um but I think the whole of life is to be seen through this kind of interpretation of everything is gift. You mm -hmm. know? And I do think Jesus, as a baby and as a child, really helps us mm -hmm. with that. Mm -hmm. I'm really hearing what you're saying. I love, I love the language, love language thing. Um, and, and the fifth of the love languages is the giving of gifts. Uh -huh. you know, um, yeah. and and for some people that's that's the way that that they like to receive love is 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 through you know those thoughtful gifts um i've been sitting for a couple of days with um an old quote of oscar romero who was a, a bishop um in south america i think years ago and, and one of his things was aspire not to have more but to be more you know and this this idea that actually what are we called to be we're called to be gift you know, and it's yeah. not about having gifts. It's not even. It's not even about having gifts in the sense of talents, but it's about being gift mm. um, in the world. And I was just alongside that, really struck by Jesus in the in the in the manger in the stable, and how the shepherds came to worship him, and the magi came to worship him. And in one sense. That does nothing for Jesus at all. Jesus, you know, the child in the manger didn't need people to come and kind of right. gaze at him. Right. He needed to be warm. He needed to be fed. He oh. needed his mother. He needed his father. So why did they come? Um, and it's because they needed. Yeah. They needed to come. They needed to gaze on him. We needed them to do that so that years down the line, you know, we could, we could be drawn into that. And it just reminded me there's a, a line... Um, really nerdy but it struck me when I heard it years and years and years ago and it's always stayed in my head when we think about worship when we think about how do we how do we give ourselves how do we come into the presence of God there's a thing from um one of the the, the beginnings of the Eucharistic prayer that that we hear in the mass um it's really obscure because it's a weekday thing you don't hear it very often but it says you it's talking to to god it says you have no need of our praise yet our desire to thank you is itself your gift our prayer of thanksgiving adds nothing to your greatness but makes us grow in your grace so this thing of coming before the lord and mm. giving him that time giving him that worship 
he doesn't need it. God is complete in himself. Jesus is complete in himself. And yet it changes us. It transforms yeah. us because it puts us in that place of knowing knowing who we are and who God is. That's right. Yeah. Um, I think that's amazing because I think, you know, what we see with the shepherds is their natural responses is to worship, isn't it? They, they, it says that they glorify God, you know, and they... Um, and they praise him you know that's what it says they they praise and they glorify God because of what they have seen and then we know later that when the magi come they kind of fall and almost prostrate I saw an amazing crib scene last year um, where this magi was like literally like prostrate on the floor in front of the crib like completely bowed down and uh, it was a really striking image um, also of that, I suppose, wealth lowered into humility there, you know, like it's the muddiness of a stable, isn't it? Mm. Um, so I love that you've brought that out, Jenny, because I think actually, you know, we can say that's our gift to God. It doesn't add anything to him. It doesn't make him greater, but it changes us. But it does bring us into relationship with God. And that's, you know, that's Jesus's desire, isn't it? Is mm. is us, you know, we are his beloved and his desire is for us. Yeah. So his desire is for our response to him, you know, as he gives himself so like shockingly as this child, as a man, and then later on the cross, you know, it evokes from us that response of worship and that response of um yeah, like wonder and awe were the, were the words that we had as we were preparing for this. And I, I, w- I wanted to kind of tie it into what we were talking about in the last episode, because I think in the last episode I was sharing, you know, my experience of kind of the fear of man, the fear of others, the fear of the needing to please others and that yeah. sense of kind of discomfort in God's gaze that I maybe need to kind of <laughs> do the right thing and be the right thing. And um, as I was sharing in that story, and what I heard in, in a talk was that the antidote to the fear of man was fear of God, but right fear of mm. God. You know, like when we understand that gift of the Holy Spirit, which is fear of God, it's like awe, isn't it? It's piety, sometimes called piety, isn't yes. it? The gift of piety, yeah. but how it's been explained to me, I don't know, when I was doing my confirmation or something, that it's like, it's wonder, actually, which I think this image that we've got for the podcast is what it's kind of reflecting, that sort of wonder of God, um, but, you know, where that wonder can be, like you were saying before, Jenny, you know, the wonder is out there of something that's kind of, we can't see and we can't touch, that, you know, in the image of the nativity scenes that, you know, there's lots of different uh, nativities that we've been looking at probably over Christmas, and we're going to share a couple of other images um, here in the podcast notes as well of different um, nativity scenes that struck us, um, because I think there's something important about engaging with this image this scene because god is so tangible here you know god becomes man he's there he's in the stable and it's a busy scene isn't it like we've got the shepherds then you know and there's one image that we had which was a more traditional image where you've got the angels you've got the shepherds you've got the animals all gathered around and they're bringing us in um and it's it's almost like the opposite of that image of the wonder in the stars Mm -hmm. but still there's a wonder and there's Mm -hmm an awe that's created isn't there mm. um and i think it was saint francis who first like brought us into the uh, crib scene like he had the idea that we should kind of enact it the first one was real people i think you know they dressed mm-hmm. up didn't they as mary and joseph and the donkey and stuff mm-hmm. um and now we've all got these crib sets in our house 
<laughs> Thanks to St. Francis. Um, Fee, you were saying something about St. Francis earlier and, and what he was hoping to evoke by bringing the image to us. Yeah, so St. Francis, um, kind of traditionally, uh, the understanding is that he had been to the Holy Land for himself, that he had been to Bethlehem on a pilgrimage. And yeah, just had this inspired moment of people need to really see this up close, you know, so it doesn't remain a story kind of from history or in in the Bible, you know, but that it's something real. Um, And I'll just read a little bit. It said that, uh, so he was setting up this very first kind of live nativity uh, in in a place called Greccio. Um, And it says here that he sent word to let people know about this celebration that was happening. If you want to celebrate the feast of the Lord at Greccio, hurry and diligently prepare what I tell you. For I wish to recall to memory the little child who was born in Bethlehem. And then he says, uh, I want to set before our bodily eyes the hardship of his infant needs, how he lay in the manger, how with an ox and an ass standing by, he lay upon the hay. Um, and then a bit later on as well, this is quite beautiful. He's, he's just led himself to this aura wonder that you were just talking about, Alice. So he's prepared this so that other people can come um, and then he asks a priest to actually celebrate a mass like in the middle of this kind of nativity scene so it's beautiful and then this is written about him his biographer says um, the saint of God stood before the manger uttering sighs overcome with love and filled with a wonderful happiness um, and he sings um, the gospel and uh, apparently uh, St. Francis, he just had this, just such a love for Jesus that he would weep, you know, at the name of Jesus. And he would often weep and say, love is not loved. You know, it's this idea that here is love itself, like poured out, given for us. The answer to all of our longings, you know, to all of our questions about who we are and to, to every problem in the world, to all of our darkness. Um, and yet love is not loved you know um, people have not received the gift the gift is given but sadly we're not giving you know we're not receiving um, this gift Uh, and just to end on that you know Pope Francis visited Greccio where the original uh, live nativity was and he visited in 2019 and he said you know God loves us to the point of sharing our humanity and our lives and he never leaves us alone. And I think it's just that, that's just it, isn't it? It's simple, um, but sometimes we need to get inside it. You know, we need to literally get down on our hands and knees and be in the crib, you know, with the animals, like feel the the breath, you know. That's great. And, and <laughs> just, I was thinking, you know, I was thinking about songs that we could encourage people to listen to from this episode. And one I always listen to on Christmas Day is a setting uh, which I'll share on the playlist with with these notes of um, this is a Latin title O Magnum Mysterium but it's like O Great Mystery and it's actually a setting of um, I guess it's an antiphon in one of the the prayers on Christmas Day um, I think it's evening prayer but it's it, these are the words it says O Great Mystery and Wonderful Sacrament that animals should see the newborn Lord lying in a manger for somehow it goes on to talk about um mary as well like the wonder that mary carried um the the savior in her womb 
but this is the thing that strikes me that it's so earthy you know this wonderful sacrament um, and that's what it is, isn't it? A sacrament is an outward sign of an inward grace. So going from that image of, you know, the awe of the universe and the stargazing to the awe of the, the baby that is that is here in here in front of us and, yeah. and with the animals. And the other image that I'm going to share, the other uh, nativity image, is completely different from the other one. It's Ethiopian art. But the eyes of all of the... Um, the figures, the Magi and Mary, um, and also the donkey and the, you know, the ox, their eyeballs are what stuck, stuck, stuck out for me in this image, you know, and it's bringing us back to that thing of the gaze, um, that all eyes are on Jesus now, all eyes are on Jesus, mm -hmm. and we're invited to that place of gazing on him. Yeah. And I just want to encourage everybody, really, because I think Christmas is such a busy time. <laughs> um, you know, we're visiting family and we've talked about this a lot on the podcast before of how it can just be caught up. But I just want to encourage everyone to really take time. Hopefully you have a crib in your house um, or if not, when you go to church, to spend time and to kind of really reflect on this question, you know, what is the response um, that this encounter with God's gaze uh, evokes from me? What is it that... Um, it calls forth from me and maybe I need to just kind of go into that secret place um it says in Matthew 6 doesn't it that we should go into the secret place to be with the Lord where the father sees us and rewards us for for going to that place so the secret place the humble place of the crib um this Christmas I just want to really invite you to go there and and just yeah allow your heart and allow your soul to respond in wonder and awe um, or whatever else it evokes from you because maybe it evokes more difficult feelings just to be real with the Lord about that um, so let's finish in prayer and um, just take a moment now to to come into that place okay let's let's pray um, for one another let's pray for ourselves Let's pray that the, uh, the beauty, the wonder, the gift of this season will not pass us by. Lord, as we are present to you in this moment, we truly believe that you are present to us. However our Christmas has been, however we are experiencing Christmas today, you come to meet us where we are, Lord. You come into the lowly places of our hearts. And we welcome you into those places. Let us not be afraid uh, to welcome the Lord into the lowliness, into any uh, difficulties and frustrations that we might have. Sometimes things don't go to plan as we celebrate Christmas. But Lord, you come not to leave us in our lowliness, but you come to raise us and you come to lift our gaze to the Father. As we look upon you, the infant uh, baby in the manger, would you lift us into your embrace? Would you lift us up? May we be caught up in the love that you have for us and may we seek you and find you 
in a deeper way in this Christmas season. May we receive the gift that you are offering to us. And in return, Lord, may we become uh, bearers of that gift. May we share with others the love and the joy that we have in knowing you. We pray, Lord, today that your will would be done on earth and that in our own lives we would always glorify you. Amen. 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 for making time in this Christmas season to listen to the podcast and thank you to Fiona and to Jenny for joining me um, in unpacking our theme next time we'll continue to look at what it means to live in the gaze of God and we'll be back with you on the feast of the presentation at the end of Christmas tide so look out for our next episode um, you'll find in the notes of this episode links to the images that we've referred to the scriptures that we've used and some songs that we'd recommend you to listen to as you continue to reflect on this episode you'll also find contact details should you wish to get in touch and how you can donate to the work um, of the beloved ministry we'd also like to let you know that the next beloved retreat the bookings are open it'll be happening on the 11th to the 13th of february uh, 2022 in this coming um spring so if you'd like to more tangibly take time out and come and be with the beloved and respond to him and learn more of him we'd really love to welcome you on that retreat god bless and thank you for joining us and a happy christmas Bye.